Hi there, we are Lauren and Kenzie, the co-hosts of A Scary State Podcast. Each week we cover a different state in the U.S. and we cover anything from murder mysteries, strange disappearances, paranormal activity, cryptids, or urban legends. So if you're interested in learning about the spooky things in your state, give us a listen. New episodes come out every Wednesday and you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Stay scary. Stay safe. are your morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss the cutting edge and a reminder that all students must return to their homeroom after final period for a special viewing of the national championship. Hello, and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your host, Megan. And your significant other. Everyone's or just mine? Just mine and yours. Mine? <laughs> you mean me? Oh no, my God. It's John. You know damn well who it is. We're back. Again. And we're still focusing on sports movies. Mm-hmm. And winter. <laughs> but before we get into it, do you have anything you'd like to share This that's uh, going on in your life that you've learned this week? Uh, I know Madonna's lost her damn mind. I saw a picture of her, and I swear to God, I She's thought frightening. it was Marilyn Manson for a second. It's really frightening, t- man. Look, I don't really care about the Grammys anyway. I've seen a couple of things that happen. And who watches the Grammys? I just I saw that photo and I was like, who is this new pop star? And I was like, oh, that's Madonna. No, she looks haggard. Megan, I've seen some of the pop stars. They all mm-hmm. look haggard. But speaking of music and whatnot, I did learn something new recently about an older band that I was surprised. I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't know a ton about this band. Well, but... hit me with your best shot. Okay. She lost her mind too. Pat Benatar? Yeah. Remember, mm-hmm. she's not going to play that song anymore. Oh, well, I mean, she she's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, no, I still don't think she got in. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Screw it. If it's been this long. Honestly, it doesn't even matter if you get in the Hall of Fame. Quit pandering. They're not going to do it. No. <laughs> I know. Bands that are uh, phenomenal still aren't in. I, I don't even like talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it pisses me off. Dolly Parton's turned it down a couple of times, right? Oh, she's in now. Don't Don't be fooled. I thought she turned it down. No, because she just played a rock song last when she got in. Whatever. Anyway, what I heard about was Ace of Bass. Yeah, they saw the sign. Yes, that band. Or I don't know if it's the whole band. Yeah, I heard they are neo Nazis. I I don't know if that's true. I mean, I think I think <laughs> I heard that like a while back, but I couldn't remember what band it was. And you said that, and it made sense. I was listening to another podcast and I mean this what the episode I was listening to was a couple of years old but they were talking about it and how one of their songs is really bad. Oh god, I just looked it up. Hold on. I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> but um all that she wants. The meaning oh. behind that song is like not good, I guess. And I can believe that. 
I don't remember what it was, but it was, uh, I don't know. I just heard all these terrible things about Ace of Base, and I said, what? <laughs> That's like a band like Midnight Oil. They're just a bunch of activists. Uh, the, do I not, know anything they sing? I don't know if I know. Beds are is. burning. I don't know. You know the song if you heard it. Okay. <laughs> the song's super annoying because a guy sings like, that's awful. Quit. I know. But that's really all I got going on. I think that's my tidbit is Ace of Base is bad <laughs> and problematic. Oh, you're completely correct with that. I'm really excited to see what happens. Uh, I'm going to turn it to sports real quick. Of course. Yeah. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks shot themselves in the foot. I don't know how they're going to have two ball dominant guards now because they traded for Kyrie Irving. I never would have done it. Uh, I hope they got what they wanted out of that trade. Bad. All bad. That means something to someone listening to this podcast. To everyone, Megan. To everyone. Okay. Well. I think there's something else we're missing. Mm. Something in Hollywood. Some I know there was something big I read and I can't remember what it was. Uh Lisa Marie died. Yeah. Um I don't know what else recently. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I think it might have been a movie remake that was just announced. Mm. It was something big because I know I even like talked about it with someone else. Yes. I thought it was a joke. Or there's like a sequel coming out of something. It's not oh. a sequel. It's a um um, they're Dang. making it into kind of a TV show. It's White Men Can't Jump. Oh, that's not what I was thinking of. Yeah. And it looks like shit. I was thinking like Murder shit. Mystery, which I think we already talked about. Yeah, it's got that sequel coming out finally. Yeah. Well, speaking of movies, <laughs> we can go <laughs> ahead and start talking about uh, this week's movie, which this would typically be the time that the Winter Olympics is going on. So we were kind of going for a theme. Honestly, we're probably going to deviate from this theme because we... There's so much stuff we want to cover that. Yeah, we're just falling into this rut and we're like, let's, let's try Not necessarily else. a rut, but it's kind of hard to stick to a certain theme because there's yeah. so many other movies we want to talk about. So this is going to be the end of our theme and we're just going rogue after this. So yeah. get excited. Uh, but And I picked the very next movie. Yes, you did. And we'll get to that later. <laughs> but <laughs> the movie we're covering this week is The Cutting Edge. Yeah. Which, truthfully, I hadn't seen until a couple of years ago. This movie came out in May, May, March, March of 1992. Also, with a name like The Cutting Edge, if you were a wrestler like Razor Ramon, who did The Razor's Edge, how did he not have some kind of like setup move that was called The Cutting Edge that leads to, leads to The Razor's Edge? I don't know, man. I just missed opportunities. I'm like telling that. you. He had the fallaway slam and stuff like that, but no Cutting Edge. He should have. Should have, but didn't. Yeah. He could have. Anyway, back to the movie. Uh, it came out March 27th, 92. Mm-hmm. And it's another rom-com. We've covered a lot of a rom-coms. Couple, a few. I guess I don't know how many. But this one's like, okay, this one is a enemies to lovers. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I don't think we've done that one before. Because... I'm trying to think. Uh, Have we? Son-in-law was like friends to lovers. Yeah. Uh, Groundhog Day. That's Yeah, that's enemies to lovers. Literally last week. 
Was it? I guess it was. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to make the... Ah, oh, look, I forgot my joke. I wanted to start this episode by saying, Recovering Groundhog Day. Oh. <laughs> but, just kidding. That joke's old. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever. It's another Enemies to Lovers, and we're here for it. Yeah, it's a it's a special movie. I, I'm fond okay. of it. I know it's so overdone, like the Enemies to Lovers trope thing. Yeah. But I can't help but like a lot of... <laughs> it's like every Michael Bolton song. That's like two awful songs you've done in this, and we're only—I know—beds are burning. Like five minutes in. What are you doing? Okay. He's a major cinephile. Let me let me give you a synopsis, <clears throat> and then we'll talk numbers and cast and whatnot. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Here's a synopsis, which I'm pretty sure I can get behind. I kind of skimmed it. I know it's like all of three sentences and I couldn't even read the whole thing, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, the synopsis says stuck up figure skater whiz Kate Mosley is denied a gold medal at the 1988 Olympics after a fall. As Kate drives off partner after partner, her coach Anton must quickly find her a new one in order to be ready for the next Olympics. Enter arrogant former Olympic hockey player Doug Dorsey. That's such a mouthful. Who briefly encountered Kate years before. Reluctantly teaming up, Kate and Doug's icy rapport begins to thaw, resulting in a chemistry both in and out of the rink. It sounds like every novel anybody's <laughs> ever read. That's all I can think of. That's yeah. what literally what like you turn a book around and that's what's gonna say. All you have it's to do, wonderful. it just needs like ice skates on the front yes, cover of it. it just is. two ice skates on the ice. No people in them, just ice skates. <laughs> and we did cover this, I guess, our technically our second hockey movie. So, Oh, I guess it is, isn't it? After mm-hmm. Mighty Ducks. We did Mighty Ducks. Uh, this movie, I couldn't find a definitive budget for it, but what I saw, it was less than $3 million I could see that. Was the budget. Not very much. I could I. I I believe that because neither of them were like big stars. No, but I feel like there was a lot of um, set changes and... I'm going to share something with you. Yes. You know how I know a movie was shot for cheap? How? When you can tell the entire movie was shot in Canada. Oh. And you can definitely tell that entire movie was shot in Canada. Um, was it? Does it say that? I'll have to look it up and see. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, the budget was less than $3 million, but it made $25.1 uh, million. That's good. It made in, its money in back. In 92, so it did really well. Yeah. Enough that it also spawned like an absurd amount. Absurd, I guess. Not really absurd, but a weird amount of sequels. Bad sequels. You Don't just call them sequels. Bad sequels. Yeah, the next one came out in 2006. Calling It was called Going for the Gold. Oh, gosh. And then, let's see, The Cutting Edge, Chasing the Dream came out in 2008. <laughs> Cutting Edge, Fire and Ice came out in 2010. Come on, these are all novel titles. <laughs> Nicholas Sparks out Yes. Here. <laughs> Blades of Glory is not a sequel, but it is listed as a it recommended movie. <laughs> oh, I, Tanya is. That's a newer one, though. That came out in 2017 yeah, with Margot Robbie. Yeah, I don't care about I, Tanya. I'm <laughs> just looking at all these freaking Ice Blades Castles. Good, I've heard of Ice Castles. That's 1978. Sounds familiar. sounds familiar. That's an older movie for sure. Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. I watched some figure skating. It never bothered me. I watched I, it with my mother quite a bit. I didn't like go out of my way to watch it, but if it was on TV, I did give it a watch. Yeah, 
I thought it was a really hard sport. I watched some of them girls and guys take some really freaking hard bumps on that ice. I never really like comprehended what it took to do some of those things mm-hmm. but at like as an adult and watching it i'm like jesus christ <laughs> there's this one girl i remember i'd be particular. winded getting to the ice <laughs> right there's one girl i remember in particular she could do like a one one leg backflip oh no this shit was intense when i saw that live oh and we'll talk about a special move that this movie has <laughs> yeah that i'm pretty sure can not physically be done yeah, what's it called? Like the Margarita Twist or something? Uh, the Panchenko. Oh, close enough. <laughs> that was. What did you say? Don't 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 worry about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. This movie was produced by Robert Court and Ted Field and Karen Murphy. I know none of these people. It was directed by Paul Michael Glaser. Glazer. Glazer is that it? Okay, I knew yeah. I was gonna say I was. He has in a, my head. he has a famous name in Hollywood. Going back and forth. And let's see what else about this movie. It's only rated PG. That's not bad. We never talk about the rating. But it's because the that's just because when there's nothing to find on a movie that gives you the rating. <laughs> um, oh, see, film was primarily shot in Toronto and Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. There you go. <laughs> the cast. Okay, so I do have words about the cast. Kate Mosley is played by Moira Kelly, mm-hmm. which I don't know how I feel about that first name, Moira. It's a mouthful. It's very old. Doug Dorsey is played by D.B. Sweeney. I like D.B. He's Anton. from Eight Men Out. Oh. I love that baseball movie. Oh. He was Shoeless Joe Jackson. He looks weird. He aged weirdly. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds terrible. Anton sure. Pamchenko who that move that we'll talk about later is based off of is uh, played by Roy Dotrice. Dotrice? Mm-hmm. Is he actually Russian? I have no clue. <laughs> okay. Well, he plays a Russian and he's her Russian coach is who it is. <laughs> and then there's a couple other people. Dwyer Brown plays Hale Forrest, which is, um, that's really his name, Hale Forrest. I just realized that. That's a great name. That plays Kate's boyfriend slash fiance. Uh, and then a couple other people. So really no big names. I couldn't tell you anything else these people have been in. I mean, you knew one for D.B. Sweeney. D.B. Sweeney was also in Fire in the Sky. I've not the seen The alien that. movie. Okay. That movie will give people nightmares if you've never seen it. That's what I remember most about it because of how frightening they made the aliens in it. Oh, maybe I'll yeah. give it a watch then. Yeah, it's it's actually really good. I'm a big fan of it. Now, Moira, in her younger years, I swear she reminds me so much of, and you'll know the actress name. I cannot think of her name. It's driving me nuts. But she was in um, Castle Rock. Not Castle Rock, but uh, season two of Castle Rock. And The girl, she, you're going to say she looks like the girl from Hot to Time Machine. Yes, I can't remember her name either. Ah, poop. I was hoping you'd know. Uh, I don't know. She's just really hot. Did you think that Moira was hot in her age? No. What? Really? But, that, but the girl from uh, Hot Tub Time Machine's hot. She's good in a lot of things. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan. She's good. Oh, my God. Have you seen the dude that plays Jacob? Jacob. The guy, the son, whatever, in Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, what is that? He's got like a neck beard now, doesn't he? He's a director now. He doesn't have a neck. <laughs> it's no neck and oh a mustache. Oh my gosh. He looks like an angry lesbian mother. 
I want to find the picture. <laughs> like, what? Why does he look like that? What's going on? <laughs> oh, my goodness. How old is this dude? He's 37. That's not good. He's my age. <laughs> Why do you stop yelling? <laughs> because I'm really upset at how he looks. Jesus Christ. Like, look at that thumbnail they gave of him. That is not flattering. No, but he... <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. For somebody that was so funny at one time, he really... He looks like a melted candle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Whew. Anyway, back to this movie. I'm <laughs> actually really sad now. I was... That was scared me when I saw his face. Man, you remember on Bob's Burgers when they went to oh. the Taffy Factory? Yeah. Or, no, cause it's when they were... The Rundown Taffy Factory, right? Yeah. What yes. was the Taffy guy's name? Oh, the guy made of taffy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what they called him. Either way, he looks like that just out of mustache. <laughs> Gross. Ew. Oh my God. Maybe we'll post a picture of him. What was his name? I just, <laughs> I already forgot. Man, you just name. really disappointed me with that. Why'd you even have to show me that photo? Clark Duke. We're going to post a picture of Clark Duke and just ruin everyone's Ugh. day. <laughs> oh, uh, Moira Kelly. She was the voice of Nala in all the Lion King movies. Oh, my God. Yes. Wow. I can hear it. Yes. As soon as you said that. Yeah. I knew I remembered her from something. Oh, and she was in Twin Peaks. Mm, I, Twin Peaks is good stuff if you've never seen it, which I'm going to bet you haven't. <laughs> no, I know what it is, but I don't know if I've seen it. She was in some movie called a, The Boy Who Cried Bitch. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Is it an indie film? Yeah. Oh, she was in Chaplin with uh, RDJ. Oh, I never saw it. Robert Downey Jr. He's actually, that's one of his best movies. I like that movie a lot. Again, I know of it. I've just not, not seen it. Right. All right. Well, I think we can go ahead and dive in, dive on in to this movie. <laughs> dive on in. I think we have like. You've been wanting to say that for a bit. A listener in Australia, so I'm sure I've offended you. <laughs> yeah. There's sunbeat eyes. Well, now we don't have a listener in Australia. <laughs> Jesus, John. The sun is really bright in Australia. Oh, you keep getting loud and I'm going to punch you. <laughs> you better keep your hands off me. We're recording and I am sensitive. Oh, Plus, God. I believe in equal opportunity. We'll discuss this after. Okay. <laughs> Let's jump into this movie. It starts off with... I don't with, know why we have a domestic case that on that's being recorded On right most now. episodes. I don't know. I don't know, John. <laughs> All right. So this movie opens up with Doug, and he is a hockey player for the Olympic team. How do you feel about the name Doug? I don't know. It makes me think of the cartoon. See? Not me. Oh. Makes me think of somebody you'd see in a bar. Yeah, Doug's just in there, you know, hitting his <laughs> uh, path blue ribbon. Oh, well, like he's a guy you can guarantee you go to the bar. He's there. Duh. Um, I mean, this character's not super far off from something like that, I think. Yeah, I could see that. But he it opens up with him and I've heard this before. Like this may be true, but Olympians, when they get to stay in their uh, I forget what it's what they call it. The Olympic. <sighs> There's a word. It's not dorms, but I don't remember. Anyway, we're all well, these called facilities where they stay. 
Yeah. I mean, in this case, it looks like a hotel, but it opens up with Doug uh, waking buh, up buh, with... Buh, buh, buh. What are you going to say? I I don't know. What was that? Oh, they were buh, 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 banging. Oh, yes. Uh, one of the German Olympians. I don't even know what sport she played, but... It's kind of crazy. Like that, you're right. That's a thing I've heard forever. Like the Olympics are known for having like this insane amount of condoms. Yeah. That, that are just... just stored there. Mm-hmm. How old do you think they are? I don't know. Like how many Olympians do you think were born out of Olympians? Those are super athletes. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Anyway, he's calling her by the wrong name and he gets, she gets mad and he's like, realizes what time it is and he's running late for the game. This is the Olympics. This is the time. Did he get the chick's name wrong? Yeah. Her name was like Lita or something. Oh, it was uh, like Namangita. I would have never got that right either. He kept calling her Lita or something. She's the one that slept with him. I know. And he never got her name right. That's on her, not on him. So you get to see him and how he's uh, irresponsible. He's running late to the Olympics and he just slept with some girl. He doesn't know her name, but she's an Olympian too. And then it cuts over to Kate, who is practicing her skating before her routine. Mm -hmm. And she's very prim and proper. So you immediately get to see both sides of the coin here. Now imagine this is the biggest day of your life. Like for Doug, this is do or die for him. This means he's either going to go to the NHL or he just, he fizzles out. So he... How can you be so irresponsible that you don't go to the damn game that means your life? Right. Like, he tried to blame that ch- on that chick. Like, she turned the alarm clock off. You weren't responsible enough to check your alarm before you went to bed? And he's not just one of the hockey players. He's the captain of the team. He had the C on his... Yes, he's the best his, player. Yeah, he had the C on his uh, sweater. Yeah, you've been doing your research. I know. We've watched a lot of Letter Kenny. <laughs> yes, so. we've watched a lot of and hockey stuff. Mm-hmm. Like... Well, Shorzy, and what else are we missing in there? You Mighty Ducks. Goon for a while. Oh, Goon and Goon 2 are really good. And what's another good one? Slapshot. Uh, oh, Trailer Park Boys. They talk about hockey a lot on there. That's true. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> we love the Canadians, though. I'm glad you're proud of me for knowing the tiniest thing about hockey. <laughs> I thought that was cool. I would have never, never guessed in a million years you'd have known that that C meant something. Yeah. Cool. That's what I thought you were going to say. Cool guy. Cool guy. <laughs> anyway, he gets to play in the game. I'm surprised they let him play because of mm-hmm. how late he was running. And then Kate. He was keeps, having a hell of a game, too. It keeps flashing black back and forth between the two, but... Kate is doing her routine routine and she skates partners mm-hmm. and doubles doubles. Sorry. And get the, she ends right. up screwing up one of the moves and falls and ruins her chances of. And in their world, I think it was something simple too. It was just like an overhead reach. Wasn't he it? He was lifting her up and she caught her, uh, later hosen on his later hosen <laughs> and fell. And then it switches over to Doug who gets, um pummeled in the hockey in the hockey game he got smashed into the into the the glass yeah (laughs) so both of them (laughs) what the heck after just just scoring yeah he did that after (laughs) just scoring a major goal Mm -hmm. that put them ahead so both of them end up screwing their chances in the olympics you get to see both sides of it 
Well, he didn't screw his chances. Well, his chances got screwed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> big, big difference. Because then she ends up storming out and he has to go to the doctor. Like, mm-hmm. you get to see both their lives. It It's this back and forth thing until they finally literally run into each other. Um, actually, he ran into her right before he went to the game because she mm-hmm. was storming out after screwing up her routine and he was rushing in to go play the hockey game yeah all he asked her was is this the the way to the hockey rink or yeah, the, to, the that ice. Lead to the ice mm-hmm. and but that's their first meeting as he runs into her and knocks her over right he's like where are you going where are you coming from <laughs> the big thing about what happens to doug is like so many people had investments in him they sent him to every eye specialist they could find yeah he ends up going to the doctor and finding out he's got a blind side in one of his eyes. Yeah. He can never play again because he can never take another shot. Yeah. Like, he kept asking the doctor, like, how long can I do a surgery? Can I go to Mexico and have surgery? And they're like, sorry, bud. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. He said luck. something about putting piss in his eye. And I was like, man, you shouldn't Ew. be putting your fetishes out there. Well, Gross. now we fast forward two years later. And Kate is still going hard on this skating thing except all of her partners allegedly suck she's just very she just rejects everybody and then they fire her she's so stern and impossible to work with that's the one thing everyone says is that she's just really hard to work with and her dad's a really bad enabler yeah she can do no wrong it's always the partner that's screwing up and he ditches them i always thought it was weird they got him for this movie the dad, the dad from the dad from stepdad, or yeah. Stepfa- the stepfather movies, those horror movies. I forgot to say Actually his really name. Good. That's Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, he was also in Silver Bullet. He was the sheriff. Oh yeah, he's a good actor. I forgot about that. Not me. Well, I'm glad you remembered. And uh, and then Doug, he ends up working like in construction. I can only assume in Philly because it's smoggy and gross, and it's. <laughs> An industrial-looking city. I truthfully have no idea where he went. Uh, I am not sure. I can't remember. I know I know they even mentioned it, too. I, I thought it might have been Michigan, because <laughs> they mentioned the Detroit Red Red Wings was the last oh, letter he it got. it may be Michigan. That's right. I just remember the first thing I saw when I saw that smoggy city. I was like, that's got to be Philadelphia. <laughs> right. <laughs> the fighting city of Philadelphia. Rocky somewhere out there, just running. <laughs> just having bad lung problems from all all the pollution. Yeah. And he ends up, Doug goes to a bar that happens to be called, what was it called? Dorsey's Penalty Box. Yeah. But it's not oh, his, his, it's his brother. Yeah. And he's building an actual rink in the back of it. Yeah, and his brother wants him to stay and work. And he keeps telling him, like, you're not a hockey player anymore, quit. Like, you just got, I think he says this is your 23rd letter of you getting turned down. It's That's when he says it's the Red Wings. Yeah. And he said, you just got to stop. Like, give it up. It, t- it gave him the inclination, you know, it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Kate, she's, they make the comment that this is her eighth partner in mm-hmm. the last two years that she's gone through. That she just can't work with him. Or they can't work with her. Excuse me. And the her coach ends up getting, he tells her dad, he's like, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. I have no idea what to do at this point. We've gone through all the skaters I know. It comes down to the freaking coach. 
yeah, and her dad says, find another barrel then. Like, her dad's not giving up, which she grew up without a mom. It was just her and her dad. Mm-hmm. And I want to know how much of this is her, like, dream and how much is, is, is her dad's dream. You know? If you want the truth, I think a lot of it is her dad has something he can't let go of. Mm-hmm. But he's the one... To me, he's more of in the way than she's in the way. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my God. I'm like... I don't... Some, I'm choking on something. I don't know. Air, I guess. I, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The... I mean, she's been working this hard since... They said since she was nine years old. Right. I just can't imagine. And she had been doing it for 13 years at this point. So 13 years of working that hard. And she's still not like... a a complete competitor. Like mm-hmm. I don't, uh, if her dad wasn't rich, any real coach would have gave up on her. Oh yeah. Well, and you find out later in the movie, her original coach shows up at some point and she's, she's having like this come to Jesus moment. I don't know. She's freaking out. And she tells him, do you know the first thing you said to me when you saw me? And she said, I was nine years old and mm-hmm. you told me we have a long way to go. Like, she's nine. And that's the first thing he said after he saw her skate was, oh, I got a lot to work with here. Like, Good coach would be hard on you. I have I no guess, hate for but that. that. That's a literal child. That's awful. Got to motivate. But her current coach, Anton, he decides to think outside the box and he finds Doug and saw the, what he did in the Olympics and that he's a good skater. He's a very strong skater and... He, he based everything off of Kate not being able to be dropped so easily. Yeah, that's all her partners kept dropping her. Like, they weren't strong enough to hold her up. Yeah. So he's like, well, let's and go Doug for a hockey player. And Doug was a player. strong <laughs> hockey player with really good... I think he even said it. He has really strong ankles. Yeah. Good for him. Mine are made of glass. Yeah. <laughs> Again, why I could never... <laughs> I really just want to make the joke about you not being able to step off of a literal oh, patio. My God. <laughs> That's a story for another time. Probably never. Probably Patreon. That way I can tell it in full with detail and music. I I hate you so much. (laughs) Look, y'all, I... No, don't don't tell it. (laughs) I'm going to tell it because it's better when I tell it. I injured myself in a very stupid way two summers ago. (laughs) Damn, has it been that long? It'll be two summers this summer, yeah. Because I wasn't pregnant yet. It's been 86 years. Yep. Well, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, back to this. I movie. can laugh about it now. Oh, I I'm glad laugh you about can. It I'm glad you can. You were laughing about it then. I never too. laughed about it. Yes, you never did. Never once laughed you about it. You were fighting the urge. You were trying to skate off the porch. and. All right. So Anton shows up <laughs> to Doug's brother's bar and says, hey, I want you. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you must be so-and-so from I forget what team. He thought he it was a hockey team. He thinks he's from... One of the overseas teams. Yeah. And he's like, actually, no. And he tells him what he wants him for. And of course, Doug is like, "Mm." what is this? (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you. But he ends up going with him anyway. Shows him the skates first. Yeah. Those are figure skates, pal. Yeah. And he ends up taking him to Kate. And she's immediately like turning her nose up to him. She's so snobby and she's like, I don't know him. I don't recognize him. And they're like, yeah, well that's cause he's a hockey player and she's super ticked off. Like we can't train we can't him in this. time. Yeah. This isn't going to happen. 
And the like dad, she was really working that hard at it. Well, even the dad, like after one practice, her dad writes him a check and is like, thanks, but no thanks, this isn't going to work. And Doug puts up, I mean, not much of an argument. He just kind of throws the check in the trash. And the dad's Double or like, nothing. Yeah, That's what he, he told him. He tells him, give me a second chance, double or nothing. And the dad said, deal. So he balled up the check and threw it away. And, and let's be honest, he really, he actually really put in the work. Yeah, and he was up earlier than her and everything. He was he was really doing it. Only once. He only caught her off guard once. But when Kate finds out that her dad's given him a second chance, she's ticked off. Well, of course she's spoiled. Yeah. I that uh, so hard to work with. Well, cue the very first montage of several montages. Oh my gosh, yeah, this movie is nothing but montages. Yeah. So first you see him skating. Are learning how to skate on figure skater and he can't you can't get the toe pick thing right yes they're so different because they have the ridges at the front so they can they stop. have teeth yeah he can't get over this freaking toe pick and she keeps saying it over and over like toe pick toe pick <laughs> then, i yes. remember that part <laughs> yeah because you just want to trip her up oh yeah she's just, uh, and she keeps like purposely trying to trip him up and going faster mm-hmm. so he'll lose his footing and things like that. So or not you, grabbing his hand. Yeah. You just get this montage of him failing miserably. And they sit down and actually have a conversation at some point where you find out that he was actually like, because she doesn't believe that he's this wonderful skater mm-hmm. that her coach believes it. But he talks about how he was like this college all-star and... um when he would win games, they'd have to get the police involved to break up the parties afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's still not really impressed. She's like, that's great, but you're still not a figure skater. And so he asked for her background and you find out just like how sheltered she is and how much she's been pushed her whole life. Cause when he asked her where she went to school, she, you find out she didn't, she just had, she's- tutored a bunch of tutors come to her house and teach her like that's how well to do this family is they had their own skate rink yeah in their house just an olympic size skating with okay so this is how extravagant it is it even had a fireplace in the the, skating rink yeah it did (laughs) come on man how those two things make sense well, oh, I guess it's supposed to be romantic, though. Fire and ice. I got it. Oh, I see? It. That's where the third one comes in. <laughs> quite, it, quite that down. <laughs> but he's sick of getting um, plowed over by her and made to look a fool. So he said, okay. I know his hips were all like beat up and stuff. He had to wear <laughs> he had ice. He put the ice on. And he had to watch because you know he's peeing blood. But he ends up uh, challenging her to play a couple like a round of hockey yeah not it's just like one-on-one they're just just shooting shots and she is not good at it (laughs) no and so he finally feels like (laughs) he's got her now be like see i can i can do something on the ice maybe it's not figure skating but he uh, was able to get under her skin enough that she slapped the crap out of the puck oh yeah sent him to the hospital yeah, he had to get stitches in his eyes. But you have montage, montage, montage. Just one after another of them skating and getting on each other's nerves. And it's like they finally get to this breaking point where he... It's around Christmas time and 
I don't know, something something changes his tune where he's like, I'm going to go a different route. And he actually ends up buying her a Christmas present. And, oh, what was it that he got her? Oh, it was the Bobby jersey. Bobby Hall jersey. Yeah, it was the jersey. A game jersey. And she was like, you got me a dirty sweater. <laughs> I know. One <laughs> of the greatest so players offended. of all time. <laughs> he was so offended. And then she gets him a book called the... The book was Great Expectations. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's the turning point. Friends to lovers. It's happened. Or enemies to lovers. It's happening. Cue the Michael Bolton, <laughs> like I said. But then they go to a New Year's Eve party, and they end up almost kissing. Almost. And it's, they have Oh, the literal, New Year's party. They have literal sparks around them. And all these girls at the party love a bad boy, and that's what Doug is. He's oh, he a bad kisses boy. like 20 girls at the ball drop. <laughs> and then runs into Kate and is like, uh-oh, I can't kiss her. That ain't even counting all the ass he smashed. This is true. But this is also where you get to meet Kate's, I don't know if this is the exact moment, but you get to meet Kate's fiance. That's been Oh, in- yeah, yeah, yeah. What was his name? Like Holden or something? Hale. Hale. I knew I was close. He had been working in London. And then immediately, the the masculinity is fragile. <laughs> okay? Because... He was really sensitive about finding about, out about this dude because he was like... He's, He's like, well, maybe I can invite you to the office sometime and you can do. And he says something about like accounting or whatever. Yeah. And Doug's like, well, maybe we can go on the ice and you can hit a couple. We can do a couple one on ones or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's them going back and forth. And even Kate's like, wow, I can't deal with this. Yeah, the masculinity in the room. You can cut it with a knife. Yeah. Not even a knife, man. A butter knife. <laughs> like kids plastic scissors it's that <laughs> fragile <laughs> not that fragile your sister's hair got cut with plastic scissors that's another story we're just full of stories mm-hmm. <laughs> that we won't be sharing this episode but it you get to see this just a change in their relationship where the more time they spend together and they start actually getting better at skating they start to tolerate each other a little bit more and it comes to a point where Hale actually calls Kate out and was like, you're falling foreplay. in love with this dude. Yeah. And he calls it foreplay and she's so like taken aback, like, Oh my God, no, I would never. And then Doug ends up using the same phrase. He says, uh, he's talking about, Oh, it was their first performance. And he's like, I hate this back to back thing like this one day after another why can't we mm-hmm. just do it all in one go he's like it's kind of like him. yeah he's like it's kind of like foreplay and she like almost has a panic attack because hale said <laughs> the same thing and their first outfits were awful by the way they, uh, they tried to make him look like a matador <laughs> it was bad it was really awful oh he rips all the clothes off because he ends up going back home for a second and because oh, to tell his family he Kate's they all like, thought got, he joined the Merchant Marines. Yeah, Kate's like, I got your family tickets so they can come see you. And he's like super hesitant. And she's like, are they not going to be there? What's the problem? And you find out it's because he goes back home for a second. He was ashamed to tell him. Yeah, and he didn't want to tell him he'd been a figure skater because, again, the masculinity here is super fragile. And his brother's He's from like, an industrial town. Yeah, but. They I, aren't just skating down in the, like, down in the parks and stuff. I guess. But his brother gives him a bunch of crap and he's like, you probably wear frilly clothes and stuff. And of course, Doug's offended because the very next shot is them back at the the rink practicing and trying on clothes. And it's the Matador outfit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I hate my really, life. Really bad. 
but him and Kate, Doug and Kate, end up actually going out for drinks one night. They finally get relaxed around each other and they go out for drinks, which Kate has never drank before. That song was a banger too. Dude, and she starts pounding tequila shots. I'm like, mm-hmm. this girl's never drank and she does like four or five tequila shots. And she was getting it, man. She was dancing really badly. That's how you know she was drunk. Well, here comes... I think the tipping point, that finally the tipping point. She gets so drunk that she actually throws herself at Doug that night. Oh, yeah. She's mad because he's not drunk, and he's actually being very gentlemanly and telling her, I can't do it, not like this. Like, this isn't how I want this to happen. And she's like, oh, so you can just sleep with whoever, whenever, but you can't sleep with me. (laughs) And... He's like he, he had to have kinda. a really Yeah, he had to he had to either decide smash or dash. <laughs> and he dashed. Yes. But the problem is one of the other Olympians, the other skater showed up at his door that night and she's like, "Hey." Oh, yeah. She's like, I guess "Hey, his old I partner. saw your uh it's not his old partner, but it's uh her old partner. It's her her old partner's new new partner. New partner. Okay. Yeah. Because um, he ran into her once before and he, they were like all laughing <laughs> and ran into Kate and Hale at one point. Oh, because Hale announces that him and Kate are engaged and Kate mm-hmm. has said yes, thinking that this is going to deter Doug and jokes on you. It's Kate who's into Doug. Right. And so Doug ends up finding one of the other skaters, the Olympians and they hang out and she thinks she is the freaking main character because they get off the elevator and she's like (laughs) (laughs) and kate's like wow you found yourself a new girlfriend well that girl shows up on his doorstep right after he turns kate down ends up sleeping with her that night so the next morning when kate goes to his room to apologize this chick opens the door and she's like you've got to be freaking kidding me and i know right before their big uh like their big event too Mm-hmm. Like they had to do their program that night. Yeah, because the the coach decides at this point, he's like, there's no way we're going to beat this other team. The judges have their favorites. We're yes. going to have to do something incredible to the get the judges. Russians, right? I they can't were, remember. They were given, they were going. Yeah, they're like, we got to do something incredible to change their minds. So that's when he comes up with the Pimchenko. Mm-hmm. Twist or whatever. Which he's, Doug is supposed to swirl Kate by her ankle Mm -hmm. in this like weird little loop-de-loop thing and then throw her up in the air where she does a twist and lands on her feet and he's supposed to like catch her by (laughs) the waist. And then they made fun of it in Blades of Glory. Oh, or they cut the person's head off. Yeah. (laughs) I swear to God, if you cut my head off. (laughs) Hey, I saw an actual thing where it wasn't a crazy move like that. It was just, it was a double skate where they had mispositioned themselves on the ice Mm -hmm. and they're supposed to stick one leg out and they're both spinning in a circle and the guy was too close to her and swiped her across the face and cut her face open really Mm -hmm. i'll have to find the video and show you it was scary (laughs) i thought you were going to say they did another thing from blades of glory you know where they hit that scissor oh on on the ground they just they just bump meat sticks ew gross (laughs) Thanks for that <laughs> imagery. <laughs> Sorry. You saw it too. Yeah. Blades of Glory, if you've never seen that, definitely watch it. That movie's hilarious. <laughs> but Kate 
uh, is obviously upset because Doug has now slept with this chick. And she doesn't want to do the move anymore. She just wants to, she wants to cut out this Pimchenko move Mm -hmm. and just get her silver and go home. She doesn't want, she doesn't care anymore. She says she's retiring and Doug's like, holy cow. Yeah, she dropped that bomb all at once. Yeah. And Doug's like, you are being crazy. And it comes down to their final performance where he actually, we we finally get the moment that we've been waiting for. (sighs) He's like, I'm in love with you. And she's like, what the heck? Now it's do or die (laughs) on the ice. And so what does she say? We're doing the Pimchenko. (laughs) Right. And we're he said, it. what? <laughs> I love it's you. It's too dangerous. We're doing the Pimchenko. <laughs> mm. That's I love you too. And whatever. Right. So this chick has spent the whole damn movie getting dropped because she's the one that gives up. And now we're supposed to believe that all at once. This girl <laughs> is going to be spun around by her ankles, thrown in the air and caught perfect. Which surprise it happens. <laughs> and what they do, they win the program. They get on the ice. They do the move, which she gets dangerously close to the ice, like yeah. her face does. Just, oh, yeah, because you're swinging downward to get the upward uh, thrust. Yeah, and you have to let her go at the the highest Apex, point. Yeah. And that move is impossible. I don't care. I don't know if it's... I don't know if it can physically be done. If Unless you, you have guy, an extremely lightweight person and then a really strong person yeah, doing you'd the have to have strong you'd have to have strong legs strong back and your shoulders Arms. would have to be insanely strong because he was doing that on skates too yeah i feel like for her it had to feel like her her leg was about to pop out of socket it, exactly because when we were watching that i was like just like this is going really fast yes that's scary stuff but we're they adding hit the something move. new to this we're doing some debunking <laughs> But they hit the move. She says, I love you too. And they kiss on the ice and then everyone's happy and it's the ending we want. (laughs) I know it sounds like we shit on this movie, but I actually really like this movie. I watch it quite a bit. I said I like enemies (laughs) to lovers. We watch it quite a bit. I hate that it's so... It's a good date movie. Like overdone and oversaturated, but something about a good enemies to lovers. Yeah. How can we be lovers when when we can't be friends? Lovers and friends. Mm -hmm. Usher. Lil John. Ludacris. Ludacris. (laughs) <laughs> no you know who i'm saying <laughs> i just did the impression of him earlier uh michael bolton yes okay <laughs> you've done a couple impressions but that's the end of the cutting edge that's a lot of a lot of stuff packed i mean it's an hour and 40 minute movie which isn't like a ton of time but it's actually not a bad not a bad run time really no i I think it's fine. I like it. There are a lot of ups and downs and my God, so many skating montages. <laughs> Just This movie definitely has its moments. It feels like a really good 90s movie. Mm-hmm. It if you is. Like Canada, it's early 90s. If you like Canada, you know they're in Canada. Like I guess. I said. Uh, well, if you want to get some trivia going. One of the things that I didn't realize until I was reading... So, uh, Hale mm-hmm. and Doug have both been in a movie that featured Shoeless Joe. Who? Yank- Shoeless Joe. Shoeless Joe. Yes. The baseball player, Megan. Ah, uh, yes. That, that Shoeless Joe. I was thinking of 
that's another shoeless Joe. <laughs> anyway, Field of Dreams and Eight Men Out. <laughs> okay. There's actually quite a bit of stuff. Um, so, The Cutting Edge was directed by Paul uh, Manfred Glazer. Do you know who he was? Manfred? I thought it was Michael Glazer. Well, I think he goes by Michael. I think he did for the movie. Okay. Anyway, what what was the question? <laughs> he had. I think he changed his name because it's fucking Starsky from the original Starsky and Hutch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't even supposed to be the original director. I was reading up on somebody, and they they shut the movie down as soon as they read the first like four pages of the script. Oh, the potential director. Yes, but the gu- same guy that directed this directed uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and the Mighty Ducks. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Somehow we missed that. Uh huh. I like Don't Tell Mom. Yeah, and um, Tony Gilroy, who you brought up earlier, mm-hmm. he wrote all of the uh, Born Identity movies. I've the not, Born films. I've not seen them. I really didn't have like any desire to see them. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible, but oh, Moira Kelly. Name. She turned down being in A League of Their Own to be in this movie. Both were good. Yeah. I think A League of Their Own may have done a little bit better. Yeah. Something that I didn't read until I really started doing some digging. So Moira Kelly and D.B. Sweeney are still really good friends. Like, there's still pictures of them even now. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they both agreed they wouldn't do another movie, another one of the cutting edge films unless they were both in it and they both liked the script. And from what I read, there were so many sequel scripts thrown at them. I just, it'd have to be something really good. Just leave it. There doesn't have to be a sequel to a love story like that. Just leave it as it is. They had one that came out the very next year Mm -hmm. and they said it was so bad that he called her and said, we might want to think about just never, ever talking about the movie again. <laughs> that sucks. It does suck. Especially when you consider how many of these made-for-TV versions of the like those sequels came out. Mm-hmm. Like, would you say Fire and Ice? Yeah. And what was the other one, Going for Gold? Chasing Gold or something. Chasing the yeah. Gold. But really, honestly, I tried to find just anything... Like, as far as, like, trivia and mm-hmm. stuff I got about this movie, there's not a whole lot because... Pretty straightforward, maybe. And they kept this movie private. Oh. Like, something... Another thing that I thought was really cool, Moira Kelly broke her ankle the first week of filming. So okay. all this, all the parts with the skating had to be shot last, and they were... And it went over budget. So, I mean... From what I can tell, if those were body doubles, they were really good body doubles. Was that actually them skating? Yes. Okay. They tr- they both lied and said they could skate and spent three months training intensively for the movie. And then spent the movie training intensely. Yes. <laughs> okay. But she broke her ankle, and that's why you see a lot of uh, scenes where she's either sitting or you can't tell that or you can't see her feet. I bet. Um... It's because she had to wear this really big cast. I can think of one scene that I bet that was the case. It's where um, 
they they have that like heart to heart where he says he was the college star and she mm-hmm. was tutored because she's sitting on a chair with a big blanket over her and she's reading because they're taking a break. Yes. And that's when he's like, do you want to play hockey? And you never like really see her feet in that. Yeah. Oh, uh, Christine Ho and Doug uh, Ladre. They play the Russian team, the big team uh-huh. that they have to beat. They were the actual team representing Canada for the Olympics. <laughs> and they played the Russian team. Yes. <laughs> nice. But more on that. Uh, on the, uh, um, well, on her injury. She fractured her ankle in like three different pr- places from trying to land a jump. Oh, and just like apparently it was so, it was so bad, like. They couldn't even take her to the hospital. They had to have someone come to her. Dang. Not enough money, man. Well, no. I don't know. I mean, there might have been enough money. <laughs> I don't know. It just really sucks. Like, could you imagine having to do a film where it's based around sports and then it right in the shooting, you hurt yourself? Right. She's lucky they didn't just write her off then. If that was the beginning of shooting, they could have easily gone with somebody else. Right. And just like you always point out, this is another retelling of Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. Taming of oh the Shrew. Oh my God! I was gonna. Oh you man! You say that about every romantic movie we watch. Every single romance, you're like, man, eh, this is just Taming of the Shrew. I was, I almost wanted to say that. I'm glad you brought that up because, truthfully, so is Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. That's Taming of the Shrew. Um. There's, There's a lot of much ado about nothing in this too, though, which that's also been ripped off a ton of times. Oh yeah, there's an actual taming of the shrew, like the actual. It's not a a retelling or a different name. It's taming of the shrew, and it has. Um, oh my god, I'm gonna be so mad. I shouldn't have even said it. I can <laughs> see okay. her. I'm gonna look it up because I can see her face. And you know how we were trying to talk about the city he's from? We were close. He's from he, his. He's supposed to be from Minnesota. Oh. So, Mighty Ducks, Minnesota. But the place where he was supposed to be from is made up. It was Elizabeth Taylor, by the way. Oh, Elizabeth Taylor? Yeah. She's it's... kind of famous. <laughs> well, it was 1967. Right. Yeah, Sheila's Joe Jackson and Eight Men Out. I can't... Did you ever watch that with me? Eight Men I've never seen that, no. Okay. You've seen Phil of Dreams, though. Yes, yeah. That's how D.B. Sweeney and uh, Dwyer Brown, who played Hale, that's how they ended up in this movie together. They both played in movies that featured Shoeless Joe. And on set, when they were auditioning, they were like, weren't you in a baseball movie? Yeah, weren't you in a baseball movie? And they started talking about it, and they just were like, Shoeless Joe Jackson, get there. (laughs) I'm still stuck on this Tamio Shrew. God, I... I mean, it's a very loose telling, don't get me wrong. Like, But if you think about it, it really is the same, mostly the same concept. You have a dad who's paying off a guy who's like, mm-hmm. please just do something with my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Which in this case, it's just like make her an Olympic gold medalist. But yeah, it's all there. Wow. I knew it. I just knew it in my bones. I know. This movie also, uh, once it came out, Disney fell in love with this chick and had to have her for like the purposes of putting her voice to stuff. So her they rushed her right unique. into Lion King. She has a very um, a deep feminine voice. Mm-hmm. It's very recognizable, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, as soon as you said that, I'm like, I can just hear Nala getting mm-hmm. mad at Simba. <laughs> Adult Nala, not child Nala. The dad also, this movie was him taking this part was supposed to save his career because he was just looked at as like a horror movie guy now oh. because of the stepfather films. Hmm. So that's really all I could find about it. A lot of people took this as a jumping off point for something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was supposed to be D.B. Sweeney's launching point. Like This was supposed to be the pad that got him right into the stratosphere of being like a big-time Hollywood actor. Uh, and it didn't happen. No. This, movie's, this movie also came out in 92. So it came out right at a time when you had other like sports movies and stuff like that coming out. Yeah. Kind of a dead time for movies, too, in 92. Like yeah. A, it's right around the time, like, JFK and stuff like that came out, so. Mm. But for it to make $25 million, that's still impressive. Not bad, considering they didn't spend very much on it at all. Right. And it would have to be, I would see that maybe as, like, a date movie? Yeah, I would say so. I, I kind of put this movie in... A really good category. I I think it has a soft spot for me. What about you? I like it. Like I said, I hadn't seen it until a couple of years ago, but it's it's a good movie. But if we want to go ahead and I guess we can rate it then if we're done. Let's hit it with that rewatch. What are you thinking? Um I'm going to I'm gonna give it a three. That's exactly what I was thinking, a three. Mostly because it is good, but there's so many different kinds of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, not necessarily ice skating, but the enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. Ice and Ice Baby. Because it is ice skating, it is... It's not like I want to watch it in the middle of summertime, you know? Right. But it's still good, and I do want to watch it. I, I have picked it out purposefully. <laughs> I know you did really good picking this out. You've really Thanks. surprised a lot of people. Our picks are so random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've heard. Uh, yeah, I guess that's three for both of us then. So then the next thing we're going to rate it on is its legacy. Mm, I gotta give it a, I'm going to give it a... Well, it has made-for-TV movies. I don't know how they did. I'll give it a two. I was going to give it a one. I'm going to give it a one. <laughs> Truthfully, it. I didn't even know I had sequels. <laughs> I didn't either. I can't imagine they did very well. I didn't. They were made for TV. They didn't do well. Let's just be honest. I didn't check uh, the box office on them, but now I should. I feel like I should. <laughs> but no, it just. I mean the the whole romantic comedy is that's a dime a dozen. You throw a mm-hmm. rock and hit a romantic comedy, so it didn't do anything in that aspect. It didn't like reinvent the wheel. But it's still good. I'd agree with that. I'd strongly agree with that. And let's uh, see. Last thing would be... The look and feel yeah. of the movie. The atmosphere. Uh, music. Kind of subpar. Yeah. Not memorable. Not really, no. The look of it. Uh, just like... Classic I keep, I keep wanting to say like yeah I keep wanting to say Steel Town USA 90s in the <laughs> but as as we've already said it's not Philadelphia it's <laughs> no. Minnesota um 
I don't know. I don't know. I, this is hard too. I want to give it a, I I'll, I'm going to, I'm be, I'm going to be generous. I'll give it a three. <laughs> did you want to give it a two? I did. Cause that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. I'll do, um, I'll just go with a two. Nothing about it really. Why is this movie? Why do we like it so much? It, it doesn't really stand out. It didn't really do anything for movies. What's the purpose of this podcast? It's the nostalgia more than it is anything else. It is. It's a feel good movie. Like I like I said, I have some good memories watching this movie. Yeah. So I guess my overall I That's a solid two and a half. <laughs> I'll give it uh two and a half. Yeah, I'll agree with that. This is probably the closest we've come to green on every rating. Oh my gosh, our fucking podcast is falling apart. No. <laughs> we just uh, we aren't supposed to agree ever. Well, let's fix it with our next week's episode. How about that? Oh, perfect. Okay. I'm down for that. All right. So we're going to wrap this up and stick around for a little teaser before you tap it. Always. Okay. Oh, see, it all goes back. The Olympics, boxes Mm -hmm. of condoms. (laughs) See, I brought it home. (laughs) We did. We brought it. Daddy brought it. Okay. We're going to go now. (laughs) Daddy. Bye. Bye. Next week on the Retro Club. Um, Remember the first time we watched this movie? The only part you were actually paying attention to was Big Guy Jumps for Balloon. (laughs) And it was so funny. Okay, truthfully, I hate the character because he's a total creep. Ricky? Uh, Yes, and he's him and his mom. Ricky. Yes, him and his mom grossed me out. But... The only time he made me smile and kind of cackle <laughs> was <laughs> the police. <laughs> oh, you didn't like him taking the, the ding dong out of the old girl's hand when trying to eat, pulling the Megan Harris on me? No, no. <laughs> trying to eat and you just take my ding dong. It's all right if I'm doing it, but to see someone oh. else do it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that, that hurts. <laughs> that don't hurts. Touch, don't touch my ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to the Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.